Perspective this afternoon, I'm joined by Tim Glover, MHK. I'm hoping that we're going to have some fun talking through this week's Tinwald Order paper. Possibly, we might even be joined by Joni Farragher, who uh, originally was going to join us on the show, um, but hasn't arrived as yet. Tim has a very aggressive motion on the order paper, so I'm very much looking forward to finding out why he's instructing the government. So perhaps, Tim, if we could start uh, with that very uh, interestingly worded uh, motion on the order paper. It certainly uh, it was one that I drew quite a deep breath when I thought, gosh, yeah, this, this is unusual. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, where did you get the wording from here? Because if I read out the, mm-hmm. the uh, actual motion, uh, if I can get to it, there we are, uh, that, that Timwald instructs the government to bring forward legislation to prohibit banks from imposing charges on charitable or philanthropic organisations. Instructs the government. Can Timwald instruct the government? It can, but it's been, as you write, say worded um, aggressively or to get a, a attention to start uh, to start chat ahead of the uh, sitting of uh, the court on uh, on Tuesday and it has um, it's got the banks talking it's got ministers talking to the banks and uh, I must say uh, right from the start and I did an interview um, well over a month ago now when uh, this was put on the register of business it's always been open to be amended uh, because I get the fact that uh, the Council of Ministers in particular will be uh, a little bit reticent about getting involved in a private uh, sector matter. But at the same time, we have got to send out a call from Timwald that charities are going to be looked after by this government. And yet, one might argue that that's what governments are for, is to uh, intervene in the, in the marketplace if things are, are, are not going as they should be, um, government inevitably will either uh, look to amend this or um, um, just vote it out. Um, I, I, have you got any indication yet as to which of those two options they're going to go for? Uh, yes, because I've been, uh, and I'm very grateful to uh, the Treasury Minister, David Ashford, and also the Enterprise Minister, Dr Alex Allenton, who've worked with me on this Um I have met with them and uh, we've discussed matters. Uh, there have been discussions with the uh, banking community and anybody who thinks it's a, uh, a small matter, um, I can tell you that uh, at the end of uh, the 2020, there was something like, uh, just trying to find the figures here, something like uh, 2,300 bank accounts uh, with the Isle of Man Bank um, uh, and that is because uh, some charities will have multiple bank accounts rather than just the one. Uh, but we're talking over one and a half thousand charities. And I think it's really important that we support these charities, particularly in the times that we're in, because my word, we're going to need that third sector with the cost of living crisis and the war happening in Ukraine like we probably never have wanted to have. And they've had a rough time as well themselves, charities, over the last two years with the pandemic. It severely hit their fundraising. Um, so a lot of them are struggling at the moment. And the last thing they need 
uh, is to have uh, charges being introduced on any banking transactions that they're wanting to undertake. Some charities, very small organisations, and maybe only do one or two banking transactions a year. They run on a peppercorn budget, and this might well lead to them folding. So we've got to look out for them and protect them as well as we, we can. And I think my main objective, I think, uh, when it originally came uh, to Timbald, and that's going back uh, to June Watterson, I think it was, who brought the motion, Mr Speaker, uh, back in uh, April 2021, and there was a clear call that Timwald was of the view that uh, charges should not be imposed on, on the banking sector. Uh, my Arbury Castletown and Maloo colleague, uh, MHK, Jason Morehouse, also questioned it earlier this year. And that has led, with this motion going on to the register, uh, to the Isle of Man Bank, again, delaying introducing charges. Originally, when Dewan's motion, uh, Mr Watterson's, came in, they delayed it until May this year. Well, we're in April, so uh, they have delayed it again, but it's for an indefinite period. So we so don't, it, there's does, no certainty, though, is there, with an that, indefinite period? Does that not, though, really indicate that this is a bit of a, a, a glory-seeking motion on your part in, in as much as the Isle of Man Bank have, have recognised the writings on the wall for this, that, that, that if they impose a, a, a charge um, I mean it was something like £10 a, a month was being suggested for each charity, for each account um, £120 a year doesn't sound too much if you're a, an international banker I'm, I'm sure but for, as you say for a number of charities mm-hmm. £120 is, is, in, is more than their annual income in, in some cases so um, but but Alaman banks recognise this is this is such an unpopular uh, th- thing for them to be doing uh, that they're not going to go anywhere near this. So all you're doing is is being seen to be the white set, you know, the champion on the white horse coming in um, a- after really the battle is over. Battle isn't over though because there's great uncertainty there. The Alaman Bank have not said they won't introduce charges. They've said they have suspended bringing in charges for an indefinite period. And as we all know, businesses, including the likes of charities, will not function to their best if there's still uncertainty there. There has been a lot of correspondence from charities to actually introduce a member's bill uh, rather than just a motion. Uh, That would take longer. Obviously, the period of time we were in, we were talking about May. So there was a sense of urgency. And the best way to get that out there was to put a motion down. Uh, so that Tim Wall can send out a real rallying call that it is going to look after charities on the Isle of Man. That's essential, I think. Why, um, for the uninitiated, why is government not likely to support this? Um, You know, it it, it seems as though this would be universally popular, um, with the possible exception of of, uh, a few uh, uh, banking uh, officials. Tinwald instructs the government to bring forward legislation to prohibit banks from imposing charges on charitable or phil- philanthropic organisations. That that doesn't sound such an awful thing, does it? Well, I think uh, 
the concern is uh, to the international reputation maybe of the Isle of Man is one angle I've heard back from. Uh, it's also about uh, the overreach of the state, if you like. But, but in, in terms but, of in, but, but, international but, reputation... Um, well, I but, think but, we're being used as a guinea pig yeah, here. Standing, see, standing up for yeah. um, you know, the, 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 the needs of, of, of the charitable Absolutely. section. Is that a ba- such a bad thing? I don't think so, but that's uh, certainly uh, one angle I've had mentioned back to me. Uh, but I think we should be standing up for charities. It feels to me, because this isn't being talked about in the Channel Islands or in the UK or anywhere else, it looks to me that we're being used as a bit of a guinea pig here. And I think that's totally wrong. Why should we be? Why should we be? And, of course, one of the things that we can do uh, as as a government, as a, as a small nation, is make our own laws. And um, if... If we are to be looking over our shoulders all the time to see what everyone else thinks, um, why is why am I hearing? Oh, <laughs> that was interesting. Somebody's phone went off. I'm not sure where it was. Anyway, um, the uh, maybe it was Joni. Well, maybe it was. <laughs> so uh, the yeah, I mean, if, if we have to keep looking over our shoulders every time we do any bit of legislation, surely to goodness we. Um, we we may as well just throw in the towel and not not bother having our own national government and our own parliament. It's the differences that make the Isle of Man what it is, and we should preserve that for as long as we can. We really should. And but just back to this motion. That's why it was worded that way was to start the debate and get a debate even before we we get into the the uh, Tim Wall sitting uh, on Tuesday, and it has got people talking, and I'm glad it has. I'm really glad it has. And and, and you know, just it. it Moving away from the meat of the motion, uh, can Tinwald instruct government? I, I thought, uh, I mean, I've never seen a motion that says Tinwald instructs before. It's always been... Um, Tinwald is of the opinion. Yeah, Tinwald is of the opinion that government really should get its act together on this. Um, but it's, it's. I think it's the first time I've ever seen a motion that actually says that Tinwald instructs government. Well, it went through the clerk of Timwell's office, that's all I can say, because uh, they, they, I'm sure, would have amended it if it uh, didn't seem appropriate, but uh, it hasn't been amended. That's how I wrote it out originally, and uh, that's what's on the order paper, and we'll go with it. So, Chief Minister Alf Cannon, if you're listening, um, <laughs> w- watch out, Tinwald is going to start instructing you. Uh, yeah, well, if, if the clerk of Tinwald has, has said that's fine, then uh, presumably it is. Um I so, bet you're glad I turned up now, aren't you? Well, absolutely. No, I, I think this is... It, it, yes, it, it could be much more We than, may get shown here. Well, yeah, it could be much more, though, than, than just uh, sorting out the issue in relation to um, bank accounts for the charitable sector, this one. It, it, it may be setting quite a an interesting uh, precedent. Dangerous if you're in Isle of Man government, but uh, uh, quite exciting if you're a Timble member, I, I would have thought. Um, so, so the, I mean, the, the, the Timbald order pay, I mean, I had a look through this and, and I did wonder, um, you know, you've just had as Timbald uh, a debate on our island plan. Um, eventually, the, the debate happened after a little bit of uh, um, disruption as to, you know, maybe it was being forced through and maybe it wasn't. And uh, maybe the times timetable, the new, the new mechanism by way of which you have to have a motion down six weeks before you can actually present it to Tenwell that uh, maybe that was that was one that is to be observed um, 
on the on the minor unimportant matters, but the really important stuff. It would appear government's view is that no, no, we need to rush these things through. So, um, however, we we got we got the uh, the uh, pretty much I think it was unanimous approval of our island plan. Um, I think that came as a bit of a a shock to the Council of Ministers yeah. when the island plan was delayed, and then they obviously used. Uh, uh, the tactics that were available to them and got members to sign a letter but it was just enforcing this six-week rule you know it's a rule for us as backbenchers it should be a rule as well uh, across the board it wasn't a matter of massive urgency and and I suppose then what surprises me looking through the Tynwald order paper first of all is how light it is bearing in mind yeah. you know April Tynwald is a week later than than it would normally be so more time to have fit, fitted more into the agenda um and and how little really there, there appears to be from government in relation to delivering our island plan uh, i suppose they might argue that uh, well we we've only just had the the the, the policy document uh, approved um you know, a few months ago, so it's a bit early to <clears throat> a bit early to have um, uh, motions on the order paper. But uh, but it does seem a very light order paper paper in relation to government. I've been uh, mentioning this to other new members because obviously I've seen it from uh, the the other side of the uh, fence, as it were, uh, covering it as a journalist over the years, and uh, we haven't had we've had one full day sitting at Timwell that uh, we extended just to finish the business rather than come back in the morning but if you recall the uh, the, the Timwold uh, just prior to the election the last Timwold went into a fourth day and which was fairly unusual to say the, the least uh, but uh, members have had it pretty light so far particularly the new ones and uh, you know when they get to do a three day sitting of Timwell then they'll know a little bit more <laughs> about what a Timwell sitting is is all about and, and of course you, you finish and it I think at, it's at 8 not, o'clock don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I, so. well unless I think it was uh, my predecessor Graham Cregeen had always seemed to stand up and, uh, and ask for Timwell to go on until it concluded business and uh, on the odd occasion when members could see the light at the end of the tunnel they would uh, but if they didn't they wanted to come back in the morning afresh rather than uh, be uh, getting stuff through while they're uh, a little bit jaded at the edges. And of course with the the way in which the Timwell order paper has changed uh, in as much as the the, the backbench or the non-governmental uh, motions are much further up the order paper than they used to be when there were sittings going on till midnight um, uh, and often the, it was the, the backbench members motions that would be the ones that would be uh, very Jettison much left, the left to the very end um, uh, I, I suppose um, it, 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 it allows people more, more opportunity to, to, to put more effort and, and, and consideration into, into these uh, items um, what, one of the interesting things though that has uh, arisen uh, possibly uh, a little mischievously uh, from uh, Alistair Ramsey. Uh, Alistair, of course, is uh, so, uh, a, a, a contributor to this show, and uh, we heard from him last week uh, in relation to Tinwald's secret briefings. Of course, uh, Alistair had put in a freedom of information request asking um, how many Tinwald briefings there had been and uh, what subject they were. On. Uh, he wasn't really asking for the detail of the presentations, just how many there'd been and, 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 and uh, what their subjects were. 
Uh, it was an absolute gift, of course, for a journalist, as you will know, when a freedom of information uh, request comes back uh, effectively saying they're all confidential, they're all secret. So Tinwald receives secret briefings. How how do you respond to that Tinwald secret briefing thing? I mean, are you concerned that... Uh, Timwald is being viewed in this way now um, because of the way in which the response to the Freedom of Information request has, has, has been written? Yeah, I mean, Alistair Ramsey will know only too well from his time in government that uh, uh, the, the, these briefings do take place. I, I don't think there's anything to hide from it. I'm certainly not going to hide from anything. I've probably been to 20-odd briefings in the time that I've been uh, an MHK, so I'm not worried <laughs> Uh, and they are some of them are really really useful for example one of the uh, motions that's on uh, the Timwald order paper for Tuesday from Marlene Masker um, regarding the island's historic and built heritage we had a fascinating presentation and it's really it's not uh, there to persuade you one way or the other it's just there to to give you information and uh, you can ask questions etc etc and build your knowledge so but but then, isn't isn't that the point of debate this, i don't well that, that will come out in the debate as well um but, but presumably see... though i mean you've exhausted the questions in mm-hmm. the presentation in the this let's use the word secret presentation uh, given to timwald um potentially all your questions have been answered um, so when it comes to the floor of Tinwald, actually the debate's already happened in the private briefing. No, I don't agree with that. There's, there's certainly you're getting a presentation made to you, and then you can ask questions that you want to ask at the time that come to mind. But obviously, as you will know, questions will come weeks later when you're looking through the order paper and going, "Well, I do want to query that," and I'm not sure where that's about. We haven't seen at that point what the motion particularly was aiming at. We knew roughly what was going to come before us, but um, to me, m- most of these have been, of, of a, you know, I'm a new member. You can't possibly be expected to know everything about uh, everything. They're, they're more an informative thing. I don't like the fact that it's been termed a secret. That, but, but, but I don't surely, know why we're I'm, hiding. We're, we're, well, I mean, I, I'm, it, that's Tinwell's fault, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm um, all for transparency over it. I'm, yeah. and, and I'm open that it's at least 20 briefings I've been to. That's not a secret. And uh, mm. uh, I'll gladly, you know, if somebody wants to ask me, I'll tell them what the briefings were about as yeah, well. Yeah. I don't I, see I mean, the issue. I really do not see the issue. Th- th- there are there are occasions, clearly, that uh, government need yeah. to, to, to brief um, Timbal members about th- big international issues, potentially, or constitutional issues, some in- impending doom or crisis that... Uh, there needs to be a, a level of confidentiality about, and, 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 and I don't think those, anyone disagrees. And that's with that. happened because we've had, you know, COVID briefings when there's going to be a change of policy coming in um, ahead of it being announced, and we've obviously uh, had a, a briefing a little while ago about the war in Ukraine and the impacts and the cost of living. You'd expect that. I mean, a board in a business would be discussing uh, issues that are going to have a big impact financially. Uh, uh, on that that organisation, I'm sure it happens here at Manx Radio, and not all the staff will know about it. But it's being discussed behind well, the scenes. I suppose there's a, the difference is we're talking about the relationship in many cases with these briefings, the relationship between government mm-hmm. and 
Tynwald Parliament, um, and parliaments are not, you know, their, their role is not to be beholden uh, to, to, to government. And when governments are giving briefings to parliament, um, it, it's not at all unreasonable to expect that the public should know that these briefings are, are being mm-hmm. given. Um, that's, you, that's what I don't have an argument with. I, yeah. I, I, I accept that. I don't see the issue at all on that. Um, these things will, would, will, will happen in, in most businesses, um, and Timwald is no different. I think there is a sensitivity maybe with this council of ministers because they saw how the last administration, um, the, the relationship between the council of ministers and Timwald itself was a little bit fractured by the end. Mm. Um, probably not unusual in many administrations. It sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> you will be familiar with your, your good self, but um, I think there is a conscious effort that they are trying to to make sure that Timwell members are being kept in the loop on this occasion. So um, do you think someone could potentially have a quiet word with either the uh, clerk of Tinmold or the president of Tinmold and just suggest, well, actually, maybe we could make these things public. Uh, just you know, at least the the, 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 the context of, of, of most of the briefings uh, could be made, made publicly available. I, I don't have an issue with that at all. But would you be the person who would be I'll having go, that conversation? I'll go have a conversation on yeah. Tuesday about it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do want us to be as transparent as possible. It does, uh, it does have the feeling of, of shooting yourself in the foot, this one, doesn't it? Agreed. Totally agree. We talked just before there, Tim, about the, um, the, the motion that uh, Marlene Masker MLC has got down in relation to built heritage. Um, it's quite a, an in-depth uh, motion. Um, I, won't, I won't read the whole thing out, uh, but it effectively calls for action. Um, it, it, uh, the, the, the classic thing appoints a, a, a select committee of three members. Um, it is a, a traditional sort of soft um, what would you call it? A, a soft approach to um, a, a tinmold motion. You know, the your, your one is probably the most aggressive motion I think I've ever seen on a tinmold order paper. This one is the more traditional, uh, with all due respect and with deference and this and that and the other. We we set up a select committee to have a look into it. You're trying to say I'm a bit gruff then. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to say I've been a bit gruff then. <laughs> well, direct perhaps, but actually. Sometimes one one wonders: Would we not be better if 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 we just said what we mean? To a certain extent, the uh, this built heritage motion um, could be addressed um, if government funded the the various schemes and enforced the various legislation that it already has in place. Uh, indeed, and uh, I might put a bid in for the Department for Infrastructure at this point as well, because. Uh, a lot of this uh, would be sorted if uh, if infrastructure had a little bit more money uh, available to it to address uh, the problems of uh, the built heritage of the island. But I think it's really, really important that we look after our heritage. It is, as I said earlier, I used the phrase, it's what sets us apart, the differences, and our attractions and our built heritage is part of the difference that the Isle of Man is, and we really do need to do whatever we can to preserve it. Are we doing enough? I don't think so. Um, I support this. I don't, I don't think 
if you drill out of all of this, we don't really need, we shouldn't need this motion coming before Timwall, should we? We should have a, a budget in place that is protecting our built heritage and our unique values as an island. But we haven't got that at the moment. And it it certainly feels from the, the various people I speak to uh, who are passionate supporters of, of things like heritage, both uh, cultural heritage, natural heritage, you know, the environment, this, uh, the um, uh, biosphere, that um, lip service is paid, um, but the legislation that's in place is not properly enforced. The budgets for support in, in, in the areas of heritage uh, and environment are, are not as significant as they need to be. Uh, does I mean, was there very much in the Our Island Plan document uh, to to say actually we 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 do want to do this, or was it just a, a lip service exercise? Well, that's uh, the proof of that's going to be in the pudding. But there was uh, a reference to our environment and our community and uh, preserving uh, what we have, and I think it really is important. And uh, I support what uh, MLC Marley Masker is is bringing forward here, but. Um, if things were going correctly in the first place, this motion wouldn't be coming uh, to Timwald at all, would it? It really wouldn't. And, and I suppose... And, as, and I the mean, argument would be made that we've only got a finite amount of money and uh, would we rather see the schools and hospitals and uh, everything else being uh, prioritised, which of course we want to see, but there has to be room to look after what we've got. I think what's gone wrong in the last... 15 20 years is we've uh, we've not maintained what we've got uh, to any degree and we go down to the roads as another example of that and we There's have some great heritage examples well there are <laughs> yes uh, and and a lack of basic maintenance is, uh, will eventually catch up with you and uh, you're going to be paying out more money than to 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 make bigger repairs than actually if you'd not axed some of the maintenance in the first place one of the the biggest items, in fact, probably the biggest item, other than your own, of course, um, <laughs> on the order paper, is the motion by the the chief minister to uh, that that Timwald approves the terms of reference for an independent review into the Isle of Man government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic covering the period December 2019 when the first case of COVID-19 was reported in China to the end of September 2021, uh, the end of the term of office of the 2016-21 um, uh, administration with a report to be published to Tinwald by the last day of December 2023. Um, this is not a wholly independent inquiry, is it? This is a, a kind of an independent review rather than a, a, a full inquiry, which a number of people, I think, had, had initially thought might have been the better way to go about this. Yeah, and the argument uh, was successfully made that uh, that would go on for a number of years and costs would be pretty high with with uh, with that approach but i do agree we've got to have a review um of uh, of, of how the pandemic uh, was handled and this is really setting out the areas that uh, unfortunately can't get on here but i could read out the areas that it's uh, going to be looking at the one area i've got is of course uh, it is going to look at uh, uh, the the death rate that we've had uh, from uh, the, during the coronavirus uh, pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. The one area uh, that 
I want to see tied into that is, of course, uh, the latest uh, weekly survey that we had actually for the first time that I can recall broke down where these deaths had occurred uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, a large amount, of course, were uh, uh, the largest amount, I think, is, apart from hospital, was nursing homes. And part of this independent review, I think, has to look at what happened at Abbotswood. That's essential. Uh, absolutely. And, and um, as, uh, <coughs> sorry. You can me tell it's live. Yes, you can. Um, uh, uh, the the um, I suppose the, the, the crucial thing for deciding how independent an independent review is, is how is the independent chair uh, picked? Um, so it's a bit light in, in terms of detail in terms That's of uh, the, sure. the, the document it's, so, it's, so have you in, in one of your secret briefings have you been told how this is going to happen we've had no briefing on this right uh, be perfectly open um that's one of the obvious questions that needs to be asked of the chief minister because it clearly can't it's be going to a be an independent chairman is what we're told so how are they going to pick the independent chairman yeah, clearly it can't be councillor ministers making that decision. Uh, certainly not independently. Um, I mean, the the um, the, the, the I think there are co- committees of Tinwald who could potentially be engaged, p- potentially jointly with with councillor ministers in, in in doing this exercise. But uh, bearing in mind the independent review is into government's handling of mm-hmm. uh, the, the the COVID crisis then um, government can't pick who the independent reviewer is. But maybe the Public Accounts Committee can. Hmm. Yeah, potentially. Be the, yeah. the obvious answer to me. And it's it's certainly going to be a lengthy review It's in as much as it's going to be, uh, well, they have to report back by December 2023. So there's 18 months here. The chair that once appointed can uh, then um, appoint various experts to come in and, and, and assist. And um, money will be spent on this. It will be a thorough review. Um, uh, are, are you concerned that um, we may not get to all the, the or, or cover all the issues, all the all, all the concerns that uh, people have about this, or are you reasonably confident this is the right direction? I'm pretty confident it's the right direction. The one concern I have uh, to, to a lot of people, the last day of December 2023 will seem an awful long way away, uh, 18 months. But um, I don't think that's quite long enough, to be quite honest. Uh, and if we're going to do a complete look at uh, an historic period, unprecedented period in the Ireland's history, um, what was good? What could we have done better? Where were mistakes made? What can we learn from those uh, in case we have to go through this uh, exercise once again? It's very important that I know people say, oh, just get on with it. You know, the thing's finished now. Let's move on. There's more important things to worry about. But this could come again uh, and we need to be prepared. And the one comment we kept getting right at the start, if you recall, there was no book on how to do things. Well, there wasn't. Um, so if we can learn from this and have and be even more ready next time, well, surely that's a good thing. And you do learn from history. And of course, the inevitability of what well, and history it, repeats itself. Well, as it well. does. It does that. It has a habit of doing that in in mysterious ways and in ways that you're just not expecting. Um, the uh, 
one concern, I suppose, in terms of uh, timescales is if the the, uh, the report finds fault uh, in, in, in any particular direction, those responsible uh, will have to have the opportunity to respond if it's to be uh, a, a truly fair uh, exercise, which could then potentially mean that the December 2023, which is uh, 18 months away, but uh, December 2023, um, it may be that uh, the, a, a, an interim report is produced whilst um, people criticised in the report have, have a chance to Which respond. they've got a right, of course, mm. to respond to. But that's my one real concern, is that are, are we making this too restrictive in terms of time? Because uh, these things, as we all know, take time. And if they're going to be, if you're going to do it, do it thoroughly. So 18 months to me seems a little short. Any stealth taxes on the, on the order paper um, this week? I haven't spotted any. Have right? You? <laughs> no, I, 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 well, I, I hadn't spotted any, but there may be. You never know. Um, and um, Mr. Speaker, of course, has a motion down about Tinwell policy, deci- mm. the Tinwell policy decisions report. Um, I was quite, uh, quite ashamed to note that um, there were some policies in there from my first term as DOI minister, let alone the second one. Um, there's stuff dating back well over 10 years in there um, what's what's going on with government I mean surely to goodness they, they should be able to respond in a more timely manner absolutely and I was astounded when I uh, looked at this uh, in detail because to me it was like uh, the rough being cut on a golf course and you're finding all these golf balls that have been basically thrown into the long grass as it were 2000 uh, Department of Home Affairs, 1st of the 12th, 2005 is the furthest back. Uh, and these are all resolutions of Timwald uh, and what action's been taken since. And you've obviously had a good look through, and it is a very, very uh, lengthy list. And the, the first one is the Department of Home Affairs from December 2005, Select Committee on the peti- Petition of Redress of Grievance of uh, Morehouse Farm Limited. And this is all to do with the Fire Services Act. Uh, The last action taken, the department was not able to progress drafting instructions for a new bill within the 2016-2021 administration. So it's bounced presumably from each administration from one to the next. Uh, in part due to the extensive legislative programme that the department progressed in other areas such as criminal justice, it is the department's intention that legislation related to fire services will be developed and drafting instructions prepared within the new administration. Well, I'd like to go back to see what this document said five years ago and whether (laughs) that wording has changed at all, because... 2005 seriously it is a long time isn't it uh, and you know it, it and it, it doesn't sound like it's a lightweight topic either it, it is fair to say that there are occasions when Timwald resolves certain things and with the passage of time it is decided that actually the things that Timwald resolved um, were maybe not as sensible as they felt at the time um, but surely to goodness government departments if they think that need to go back to Tinwald and say actually we've moved on and it is time time to change yeah uh, I mean Tinwald's expressed its w- wishes hasn't it it's will Tinwald is the uh, the governing court of the land uh, and you have to go to um, item 20 
on the list, which goes on a lot more than 20, as you well know. I've only printed a couple of pages out, <laughs> save our poor printer at home. But uh, you have to go to item 20 to see something that actually has been implemented. In fact, no, in fairness, go back a bit. 15 implemented. Uh, all the others are either ongoing, carried forward, uh, and that's it. So a lot has come out of this that uh, I think will lead to quite a discussion on Tuesday. Hmm. And, and of course, Mr Speaker um, is moving this motion. Effectively, the port, the report is, is, is one that is just laid before Tim. Well, it's not one that's automatically brought for debate. Mm-hmm. So on, on the one hand, Mr Speaker has chosen to have the the, uh, the the report debated, which any member can do with any of these laid-before reports. Um, he also is asking Tynwald to resolve that progress reports shall, shall continue to be provided annually until, until Tynwald resolves that they have been implemented or otherwise superseded. Do you think he's uh, just a little bit concerned there that... Uh, this was about to disappear as as, as an issue and um, um, maybe government had a view that this was something of the past and no longer was necessary. Possibly. Um, I haven't spoken to Mr Speaker directly on this uh, as yet, but uh, I must admit I, when I first looked at the order paper, I was curious as to what why this was coming to Timwald and what what it was all about until I opened the link. And then I can see exactly why Mr Speaker's bringing this, because these are all items that have gone through Timwell uh, that are either now implemented, so they can come off, as far as I'm concerned. We don't need to see them again. But a list of things that are carried forward and things that are ongoing, uh, that should be monitored. And uh, uh, maybe some of them, because they're so old now, um, say the first one is 2005 December that's quite a while ago to anyone's uh, uh, calendar maybe some of them need bringing back to yeah. Timwell to see do we still want to do this is, 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 that, it... is it still the will of Timwell that this this progresses the way it was determined mm-hmm. back in nearly two decades ago is it sim- symptomatic though of a problem across government because Let's be honest. Um, most of the, the the policy areas in the in the document are not um, the you know of, of absolute great significance. Uh, these are you know more minor uh, in, in 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 general than 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 the big issue, the big ticket items that uh, you expect government to deal with. Uh, but they are still important. Um, but does it does it indicate perhaps that government just doesn't have enough resource to do all the things that it's expected to do? I think uh, every department has to prioritise what legislation it's going to put forward to Timwald. Um, we know at the moment there is a shortage of draftsmen uh, to to draw up the uh, the legal acts and bills that we're looking at, and that's uh, already been a an area. Mr. Speaker has drawn attention to that uh, if we are going to, he made the point during the debate about the island plan uh, that you're going to need to make sure, unlike the last administration fell a little short of what it wanted to achieve because it couldn't 
pragmatically get everything done because of this shortage of draftspeople. So I know moves are being made there to make sure uh, that that shortage is addressed, and it's vital that it is if the legislative programme that uh, is to come from the Ireland plan is going to be progressed in a timely manner. So, yes, you're right to identify. There are a few that are you think, well, really, that should have been sorted mm, out by yeah. now. There are a few in there. But in the main, yes, they are uh, more minor things. But that doesn't mean to say they should just be forgotten. And moving and, down and I think the order... that's why Mr Speaker is yeah, bringing it forward. Absolutely. And, and, and moving down the order paper then, uh, there are a few uh, items. One item that you'll be have an interest in uh, as a member of the Department of uh, Infrastructure... Uh, that the driving licence and tests amendment regulations be approved. Uh, what's going on in, in, in that particular order? Uh, that, that's just bringing us uh, up, up to date, in effect, with uh, the current regulations. And I think also there's uh, a debate happening there about uh, whether we produce our own highway code as well. Gosh, still having that debate. <laughs> yeah, you'll remember <laughs> that, won't you? Um, we, we have brought that in, but... In effect, we're just doing exactly what the UK Highway Code says. So do we really need it? Yeah. And do, I, do we? I suppose the only no. difference maybe would be the cover, a, a nice Manx flag on the front or something. Yes. But, but, but yes. But, uh, but there are probably a, a, few, a few more important and weighty issues around than that at the moment. We don't really need our own Highway Code when we're just replicating what happens elsewhere. And, of course, other other items on the order paper, various things from the Treasury Minister um, in relation to tax and Social Security. Um, but probably the, the other item which uh, we haven't covered, which is of interest, um, is the financial situation statement to be made by the Minister for the Treasury. Uh, I, un I understand that in the February budget, the Treasury Minister said that he would be go coming back to the April Tynwald with a statement, uh, a further statement on uh, on the developing financial situation. Um, any hints as yet as to what might be in that statement? No. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, some uh, payments uh, come in um, already, and this is going to, to, to build on that because, uh, let's face it, we're seeing a, a cost of living crisis that we uh, haven't experienced uh, probably since the 70s. Uh, we don't know how long it's going to last for. People were saying, I remember back in February, that the uh, war in Ukraine would be a couple of weeks. And we, well, here we are the, into a third month of it uh, and no sign of it ending. In fact, probably more that it's going to escalate rather than uh, uh, settle down. So uh, we have to be in for the long haul. But to my mind, this government has a, a responsibility to obviously care for the uh, uh, the, the the most vulnerable, those who are going to be uh, hit hardest by uh, particularly the, the fuel rises, but we can expect food costs to increase in the coming months. Uh, but the important thing as well is that government has got to uh, make sure it's got enough in reserve to be able to help when we come to next autumn and next winter, uh, because... If we don't, we're, if, we, if we fire everything at it now, uh, when it does start to really bite when we come to the autumn and winter, we've got to have something in reserve to be able to help people out. I mean, we've got reserves that are always said, aren't they? They're here for a rain, there for a rainy day. Well, we've had a, a bit of a heavy torrential downpour over the last two years with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. 
and here we are with a another large rainfall event on the horizon uh, so we've got to help people and make sure those reserves are there for that rainy day and it's coming and we're already seeing i've made the point in the past that we may not be in a war ourselves and firing bullets and missiles but economically we are in a war situation uh, and uh, that's why the fuel costs have gone up uh, prior to uh, everything else there was this threat which has now become a reality uh, but we've got the serious uh, agricultural side of things fertilizer shortages we've got uh, our, our uh, wheat as, and uh, sunflower and oil crisis and we've already seen in the past few days that uh, supermarkets are now already rationing and, uh, of, and of course supplies of cooking oil as for of, example as of um, well next week uh, we're, we're not going to be able to buy freshly baked Manx bread yeah. in the in the quantities that we used to be able to and again I'm sure the the family there have made their decision based on the rising costs as well as uh, they, they, they've taken the decision they don't want to be in the sector anymore mm. which is really sad um, but unfortunately that's the situation we're in and then I suppose we, we've got a few minutes left to talk about the question paper 19 questions written written questions don't seem to be a thing anymore there don't seem to be many if, if any uh, written questions uh, put down uh, but you have a, a question which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute um, Anybody who's listening, who's who's got short of something to do on on Monday at uh, six o'clock, um, I'm talking to Chris Thomas about his questions, and it's quite fun. I I, I certainly enjoyed the interview with him. Um, but you you have a question down here, uh, Tim, to the Minister for Enterprise about the airport technology gateway, which I seem to recall back in 2016 as a departing minister, we'd uh, we got. The principle altogether, and it was just all ready to press go. Uh, here we are, five and a half years later, and you're asking uh, what progress has been made with the airport technology gateway, and when will work start? Which is quite uh, a dis disappointing thing to have to read. Well, I uh, covered the election in 2016, and certainly within Arbury, Castletown, and Maloo, but it's a wider. Uh, project as you well know than just a constituency thing it's for the good of the island and for business and for attracting new business to the island uh, that that was a big topic back in 2016 and certainly during the campaign I made the point that nothing has happened apart from the grass and the weeds have grown taller uh, at, uh, at the site um, I asked a question at, uh, in the house in the house of keys on the uh, 9th of november and i'm following up really on that question because uh, we've had uh, a meeting with those that are involved myself and uh, jason morehouse those involved with trying to get this uh, airport technology gateway finally up and running and it was an encouraging meeting uh, but i'm hearing more discouraging <laughs> Uh, things coming out since that meeting and uh, I just want to get an update on where we are and why the SIL seems to be a complete blockage and getting what is only really the first phase the enabling phase underway the, the, I mean, the, the delay is unacceptable the, the Minister, Minister for en Enterprise uh, 
um, doesn't have a team of, of works people to, to, to do his work. Um, the Department of Infrastructure tends to do most of the works around government. But it's waiting um, for Treasury and it's waiting for the uh, for the Enterprise Department to press the green light. So are, are, are the two departments actually talking to each other? The blockage seems to be between Treasury and Enterprise. So I want to know what the blockage is, what's stopping them from pressing that green button because uh, there's so much potential if we can get this airport technology gateway up and running, which uh, will bring in uh, much-needed revenue to the island. And, and surely, to goodness, um, this, of all things, is, uh, is, is the very sort of thing government should be investing uh, money in at the moment. You know, we are looking for the next big thing for, for the Manx economy. Um, so uh, it, it does seem a bit strange that this is not moving. It, it, it does, and... Uh, Basically, the 2019 budget uh, approval was given for approximately 2.1 million of funding, um, which was said at that time that it was uh, really uh, time to get on with getting spades in the ground. Well, nothing's happened. Why? Nothing has happened. Well, uh, Tim Glover, I've very much enjoyed that uh, little ramble through the order <laughs> paper and the, and the question paper. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that uh, we weren't able to be joined by our, our other other guests, um, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll we'll have have her on uh, on, on future programmes. Um, it is an important uh, tin mud. Certainly, the the, um, the the independent review is 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 going to be quite a big issue. And, um, of course, we all await with great interest uh, whatever the Treasury Minister is going to have to say.